Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast. With Dan, aka Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, aka Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Engine Breaking is not good. <laughs> That's what Max Verstappen thinks about us. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining possibly the most okayest podcast in the F1 space. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host and internet husband, Blake, a.k.a. Break. I'm Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. And we had a really big guest lined up uh, for this episode, but the best we could manage was uh, YouTube content creator star, uh, legend, that is friend of the show, Tomo. How you doing, my friend? Cousin of the show, I like to think. Cousin, right? okay, yeah, Your no, we'll go with that. Cousin, yeah, yeah. I think we're. Right. Well, I mean, we've 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 been around a couple times. We've been on your show a couple times, and this is this is the first time to have you on, man. Welcome. Mm. How you doing? Good, good. We we went for a dinner, didn't we, Blake? A little while ago. Um, yeah, we had a little place uh, we went to. Yeah, a little good. Japanese joint. All right, yeah, no, thanks, yeah, guys. It was lovely. Oh, you were busy, and that's why they called me because they yeah. wanted you. They wanted you for the last lap show, and you were busy. And I was like, all right, I'll go hang out. And uh, yeah, Tom and I no, had yeah, a really lovely, no. lovely. You decided show. to prioritize like your family and your children, like yeah, I, yeah. Who would do such a thing? And uh, not only are you two going out for dinner together, you've uh, also both now been on the Sky F1 podcast. Ah, yeah, I think that's out today. We did a little uh, remote recording, a little Baku post-race with uh, Aunt Davidson, Rachel, and uh, the host Matt. It was, good. it was a good chat, and that should be out. By the time this is you're hearing this on a podcast, the Sky Sports F1 podcast, I'll have it. And Tom, you were on, what, two weeks ago? 
Uh, after the last yeah, race, Australia. Yeah, week before. Yeah, it was after Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with old Teddy, Teddy K. Go on, big man. Yeah, did, man, it was good. Good fun. Good fun. Did he, did did he you let you look at his notebook? studio, by the way? No, we, we we did it remote. They were uh, Rachel was in Baku. Ant was nice. in the UK. I was in the UK, and yeah. I guess Matt's in the UK. But uh, did Ted let you see in his notebook? I did see his notebook. Um, I can't. <laughs> You know, I I did try and swipe it, but he was um, very protective. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, my precious vibe. You know, like, yeah. uh, trying to take Do- Dobby's ring away or whatever. Yeah, or somebody cool. comes over to your house and says, "Hey, can I borrow Mitten for the content?" You're just like, no. no. There's a lion, you know, and, and Ted's got his notebook, so fair enough. Um, no, it was it was a godly experience though. To, to That's see awesome. Him in the flesh. <laughs> Right. Dan when's, when's, when's Dan getting his invite? Oh, Direct fucking never, I think, at this rate. We <laughs> slate them too much. I think, was it last episode I told Sky to go fuck themselves? So, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I'll be getting that invite anytime soon. But it was just out of love and it wasn't really personal. Yeah, no, it, it? Yeah, we've exactly. spoken about this before on the podcast. I hate everyone, and that's a term of endearment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, my God. True equality, Dan. True, true oh, my God. Equality. Hate everyone equally. So we, so here's what we're going to do this this episode. We've got a little Baku review. Um, we'll talk about the sprint race weekend format as well. We've got a fraud watch. We've got an engine mode good boy, which Tomo is making some calculations as we speak with the infinite levels of wheel knowledge that he possesses. Uh, we've got our random fandom reports where Dan and I were assigned a random team because we're so biased and all we ever talk about it is big up Red Bull and, and then dump on Mercedes and Ferrari. That's all we do, right? No. We've been given a report card this weekend, so I'm doing Williams. Dan, who do you have? Haas. Oh, my God. Um, Tomo, it'll while be we're, pretty while easy we're go- to do Haas. So. Yeah. While we're doing it, Tomo, I would like to give you Aston Martin. So think about a, you know five bullet points in a report card to give Aston Martin this weekend, because I feel like that one's a, a decent little bag end so that we don't have to you know have the negativity bias that we need to to make content yes. work. We can We can... There's a couple of romances there that we can talk about. Oh, yes. But oh, if yes. you make a Taylor Swift reference, I'm ending the show. Okay, cool. Good to know. You're good to know. <laughs> and, and if you do make one, I probably will miss it because I don't listen to Taylor Swift. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. no, true. I can't say um, I'm a huge fan. So we'll see. We'll see if, okay. I, can, uh, All right. see if I can shake it off. And uh, Right, that's it. Cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom has gone. Even though, I know that one. That's my limit. Right, as a as a white middle aged old man, that's just, that's the only reference I'm going to get. Oh my god! Well, um, so before we before we get into, we've also got a little Miami preview, and we've got Dan and I have our random fandom draw for next week. And what I think we should do is we should do a draw for Tomo and let Tomo drop in on the Twitter, or just record a quick thirty second clip after Miami and send it to us, and we'll let it, you guys see how Tomo has done on his report card for next week. So, shall we get into it? Shall we get into it? We'll talk Go about the events of the weekend. Dan, I'll let you lead us through FP1. We'll talk about the events of the weekend, and then we can have a little round table about the sprint race. We know how you feel about the sprint race, Dan. Um, I think I have a rough idea how Tomo feels, but let's talk about this sprint race. But talk to me. Friday, what happened? What was good? And, and Tomo, of course, as, as you were watching this from home, glued to your computer screen or television set, any interjections? This is you. You have the floor as well. And if, if Dan's talking, just cut him off. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, no. Just, just <laughs> fucking pretend I'm not here. It would be no different from me being at home with my wife and kids, to be honest. So, 
Go on, Dan, crack on, crack on. Yeah, no free practice Friday. Uh, We only got FP1, uh, so there was no real high fuel running. Uh, Gasly decided to set fire to his Alpine in uh, solidarity with his French brethren who are striking against the pension reforms. That that was good of him. Uh, Magnussen decided to retire because he just had enough. Uh, Sonoda had a little shunt. Uh, Verstappen was quickest, but Ferrari, to me, was a bit of a surprise at how close they were. Uh, Not necessarily a surprise how quick Perez looked because there's something unnatural about him at a street circuit. I still don't fucking understand what that's about. I don't Uh, understand it either, but like not in a bad way. I just like trying to explain it, like all the things we could talk about. It's just like, there's no science. There's no science. Like if, if you don't understand it, if, if I don't, you of all people don't understand it, you were his performance. Like, if you don't, then it's, it's, it's yeah, just yeah. written in the stars. It's, it's God. But it, it's one of those things, like, you tr- there's a lot of stuff in the world that you can put numbers and metrics to. And some of the things that, about that you can, but if you were to try and say pinpoint that thing and do it better, you can't do it. And anybody that tries to do it is probably wrong and full of shit, in my opinion. But, but there, there are some things. But even talking yesterday with Ant, it was like, what is it? You're a driver. You know exactly what this machinery is like, what endurance racing is like. What is it? And it was like, it could be any one of, any combination of a matrix of 20 different things. And here's those things. And it was just like, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, think the most, the, the, I don't know, from, from my point of view, the most clear and obvious thing that, you know, street tracks typically have... I mean, how many corners in back are in 90 degrees? Like, yes, typically they are. They're not those long flowing corners that you get at more typical circuits. That's the only distinction I can make because yeah. walls are just defining track limits. But it's not like Max isn't prepared to push to those limits and push over them either. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lack of self-preservation with the right amount of reserve at the right times. And... Look, look what happened to Carlos this weekend. We'll get back into that. But like signs of for free practice one, it was it was like you have Max Verstappen, you had Leclerc and Perez really close within a tenth of each other, right? And then you had signs like half a second off. And then, then everybody else was a second, you know, half a second behind him up to a second and a half off of that. So it's like, okay, there's cars in there, but you've got Leclerc signs. And then Verstappen and Perez was a really close thing in free practice one, but... Yeah, yeah. Right. we can we can come back to the, the the driver and the human aspect, but um, yeah. What did I guess the last thing there, Dan, is McLaren. McLaren brought a whole raft of new stuff, and yeah, brace yourselves, like, McLaren fans, because shockingly, it seems you've actually got an upgrade that seems to have worked. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time that happened? God, <laughs> okay. I wonder with McLaren how much, because Baku's such a unique circuit, like compared to the majority of the other, you know, 22 on the calendar. Um, I, I, I think I saw some quotes from McLaren Orlando, maybe sort of saying like, you know, these upgrades, we won't see the full extent of the performance gain until we go to a more conventional circuit. So it'd be yep. interesting to see what they do in, what they can do in medium speed, like pushing that car in ways that Baku doesn't, you know, Baku challenges certain characteristics of a car, but not others, right? So yeah, we'll say. No, we'll but that's that's, a, that's an interesting point because if we highlight one of the main deficiencies of McLaren, other than having no fucking downforce or grip, one of the biggest things that we've noticed throughout the season, and they've talked about it and even admit it, 
that their car is extremely draggy and low efficiency. And we go to Baku, which is a high efficiency circuit, it, you get a lot back in terms of lap time in the straight because it's a 2.2 kilometer straight effectively from 16 to turn one. And they're going quite well and reasonably there. So if they made some wholesale, let's say efficiency improvements to their car, that's for free everywhere, as long as there's no subtle nuances. And I can't think of a setup change that says, you know what, you can only go well at low speed, 90 degree corners, everything else will be mid. You know, mm. yes, we don't know how much downforce they've added to the car, but if you just, you know, it's like adding engine power, reducing weight, those are free. Reducing drag is free. It still just feels like we've got so many questions around McLaren because like, yeah, Piastri was sick all week, so you don't know how much that's taken out of his performances. Not in a good way. Um, Lando thought he could have qualified P4, um, had a stinker in the sprint because he was on the yeah. wrong tyre, and then was stuck in a train behind Hulkenberg and Ocon in the race. So we still didn't even really see no. the potential from McLaren again. Yeah. But it's one of those things like, I would take Ferrari, for example. Great qualifying, nowhere in the race. Like, like you know, second, you know, top, top tier in qualifying and tier three in the race. You know, they were miles behind. So what did, I don't know, what, what, what stuck out from free practice too? Because this is the new sprint weekend. We only get one practice session. Dan, was there anything that you were thinking after Friday? You're like, I'm surprised by that or not, or do we just kind of gloss over all of it? No, I think the only things that stuck out for me were um, a how much uh, toxic smoke that the, the Alpine is capable of producing. I was very impressed with that. That was proper burnage. That was, uh, and B the McLaren upgrades. I think actually, Did I'm going to say sorry. I'm going to add a third one. C Ferrari because, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, and we'll get into this That's later. Fine. But my predictions had Ferrari nowhere this weekend. Yep. when clearly they were. So I'm not really mm. sure why. Yeah, basically I'm <laughs> full of shit. No, we're, aren't we all? Did you see how much fire extinguisher juice they pumped into the roll hoop of his car? It's just like black, you know, gray smoke. It's just like, <laughs> but they couldn't put the fire out. That was my favorite was they're like, uh, Pierre, don't shift. He was like, okay, it's like, mate, you got a whole lot bigger okay, problems yeah. than not changing gears. The thing's on fucking fire, bro. Get out. But did, they, um, did they say what it was in the end that actually caused the fire? Like, specifically, what part of the car? Uh, no. I think it was hydraulic leak. I think. That's that's all I could gather was the Hyde's leak. So, but yeah. Why don't, why don't we, uh, what about qualifying? Because we go Friday, free practice one. Um, none of the drivers, as Dan said, elected to do any high fuel running. So we did no data whatsoever. Um, foreshadow, we didn't need any. And anything we didn't need, people that weren't going to win anything anyway, did a little tire test in the sprint, which is a bit of a bummer. But qualifying Friday, this and this, if you're, if you're just catching up on the new format, Friday qualifying sets the order for Sunday's Grand Prix. Mm. What, were your, what were your predictions, Dan? Mm, what were you know my what? predictions for quality? Yeah, I got them here. What what were you gonna say? Palmer, what were you what were you thinking going into this weekend? Um, uh, like top top pecking order in quality. Single lap. Oh I mean outside of outside of Red Bull obviously being on top. I did think Ferrari would would go well. Um <laughs> just because of their yeah, I mean, munching through tires is their main Achilles heel, right? So obviously yep. Azerbaijan seems to be a bit calmer on tires. Um I didn't think Aston Martin would do very well. 
Um, I just thought draggy, them and the Mercedes, I think just too draggy, too slow in a straight line. Um, so that's why I thought for, of those top four, I thought it'd be Red Bull Ferrari. Yeah, for sure. I got from. Yeah. So Dan, what'd we say? Your, your top order. My predictions. So yeah. I went Verstappen, Perez, Alonso. I was feeling, you know, I was feeling that Alonso hype train. I've been on it all season. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, the Dark Lord himself. Uh, Hamilton in fourth, Russell in fifth. I thought the Mercedes would be all right here. And uh, they were well, distinctly average, I think, weren't they? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a four-tier race, that one. I ended up going for Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Russell, Hamilton. Um, nobody really backing signs too much, but even on Friday, signs managed to out-qualify Hamilton. Hamilton had a shocker Friday, and he looked quite a bit better on, on the next sprint. But I feel like, yeah, it was just a lot of action really quickly, and Friday just went by. But before we... Oh, like. Carlos got a bit lucky as well, didn't he, with De Vries shunting. That was just as he spun, so that kind of took the heat off of him a bit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, what's that? No, no, I'm just uh, just cooling tires real quick. <laughs> no big deal. But in terms of, like, if we look at the performance ranking order and, like, whoever's – like, I look at every drive team's fastest driver from every qualifying session we've had, not the sprint qualifying, just the main qualifying events. Um, Ferrari outperforming relative to pole pretty much – so relative to pole, Aston and Mercedes fell back relative to pole this weekend. Typically, they qualify about half a percent off. They were 1% off on Friday. McLaren uh, made a reasonable small step compared to where they were in Saudi. Australia was a throwaway. Um, Haas in the bin, absolutely in the bin. Haas are usually about 1.5% off. They were 2.5% off. I, I feel like they don't adapt well and they you know they need a lot of sessions so maybe that lack of free practice hurt their pecking order quite a bit um alpine falling away and uh williams about where they were that's about it really nothing else too exciting i mean this is the first time ferrari have out qualified red bull the season where were um where were alpha tauri relative because i know nick devries put it what p6 and fp1 and then obviously yuki got to q3 and nick, that was there was potential more there maybe that was alpha tauri's closest to Paul in terms of yeah, you know take the take their best driver in Q3 they were 1.4 percent off a of pole so far this season on average they're about 2.2 off so big up Yuki give him a little two two he's he's I, killing it at the minute it does yeah 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 he is and he's killing right rear corners as well <laughs> no don't worry about that listen he looks he looks like fucking a Senna regen in comparison to Nick DeVries at the moment <laughs> God damn. I oh, it's it. about time as well. It's about time. It's a shame they don't, um, you know, if you awarded points for everyone, like you look at what is two P11s, two P10. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the plight of sixth fastest car kind of thing, isn't it? Or getting into sixth fastest. It's like there's nothing for it. You get nothing. And speaking of getting nothing for it, we can come back and touch on some of those points in a minute. But let's talk about Saturday. And then we'll talk about the format uh, in general, how about that? So Saturday we had another qualifying session. Um, it was another qualifying session. I don't really have too much to say about it. Does anybody have any like, what do we, what, first of all, what do we think about the sprint qualifying or the sprint shootout format? The name is a bit of a misnomer because it's not a shootout. It's just, you could do less laps than you can do in a normal qualifying. Dan, what, what, what was your takeaway from it? All right. So I'll fully 
preface this by saying Saturday I was at a wedding, so I had an excessively large amount of alcohol. And what were you drinking? That's probably more exciting. What what you had to drink was probably more, more exciting, exciting. Than Saturday as a whole. Okay, cool. So and, I had and if you squared up with anybody, it definitely hands down no. destroys Saturday full thing. You had a Verstappen Russell S inter interjection. Yeah, yeah. We had, sorry, I had a little man, shunt. I just inspected your side pods there. I had a, had a shunt <laughs> in the church car in the church car park. Um, no, I had cider, dirty, dirty cheap cider. Good man. Because that's man. the kind of guy I am. But then yeah, uh, I topped it off with multiple shots of it's like this rose tequila. Oh, tequila rose. Tequila rose. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's like a milkshake. Like you could just down the bottle. It was. Just, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, cool, another, another. I think, Jake, I think Jake Dennis was telling me about this stuff. He's like, man, you got to try it. I'm like, you're a goofball. No way. That stuff's dangerous. Man. Yeah. Stuff's da like no. I say, it doesn't taste alcoholic, so you can just get for it quick. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I woke up and decided to catch up on the uh, sprint qualifying. So. Yeah, I didn't watch it live uh, per se, but I I like the idea of it. Um, yeah, no, we'll leave it at that. I I, I like it compared to the other like qualifying yeah. format, but there are changes I would make, and we'll discuss them momentarily. Okay, Tom, what were your thoughts about sprint shootout style uh, in general, relative to a normal weekend, general, relative to the previous sprint format? Yeah, I, I think compared to having just an FP3 session, which is pretty, you know, you've said it yourself, like you don't gain that much from an FP3 session. Um, yeah. The most it's, important it's session of the weekend. Don't listen to him, right? He doesn't <laughs> He doesn't fucking know what he's talking about. That's why he's doing this shit podcast with me, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the evidence is, is there, Blake. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think it, it's just not different enough. Um, if you're going to, like the fact that you're asking me, like we're, we're talking about, two lots of qualifying and and some like i can't necessarily remember what things happened in the spring quality versus the normal quality like because it wasn't if it felt distinct and different then it would be more memorable unique yeah. when you're reflecting back on, on what happened but it just felt i mean more i like the mediums yeah i like the mediums and and it felt f2-esque like push yeah. and then call push that was like that bit's fine like i like that that felt a bit different but it didn't feel different enough no way especially hmm. in uh, q3 as well yeah, I, I think the biggest, the, the thing that I, there's, there's a couple things I didn't like about it. The fact that you had to use a new set of softs in SQ3 and we had Lando Norris sitting in the garage because he had to use an extra set of softs in Friday's Q1. It's like, why would you guys do that? Why would you do that? Why not just let them run, use softs? Because they're not going to sit exactly. in the garage. They will put in a set of laps on a new soft or use soft. So some of it was good, some of it was bad, but I reckon uh, I'm with you on it, Tomo. The fact, and I haven't put my finger on it yet until you said that. It's just like, it's not distinct enough. And realistically, my investment in the sprint session is particularly low. It's, not, it's, it's higher than, let's say, a park firm a locked FP2 session in the old format, where you go, what was it? Practice one, qualify, cars locked. Then you do free practice two, sprint race sets the order for the grid, and then the Grand Prix on Sunday. I'm, I'd have no interest in that for many reasons, especially the fact that the sprint race unshuffles the grid back into pace order. Then you do another race after that. But 
I just, I feel like it wasn't different enough. And yeah, you know, you could effectively at this track, you could do two time laps in your SQ3 run. You could do fast, slow, fast. That's it. Just give, give them one lap. Make them yeah. do it on the fucking hard tires. One shot. One, one shot. One yeah. shot. It's the yeah. answer. Like, 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 I think there's a happy medium. You know, maybe, maybe you have, you know, two sessions instead of three and then, you know, 20 go out on the medium. Because that, that first part, I was like, okay, that feels a bit different. You're not in all the time. You're on medium tires. You can push multiple times. That, that felt good. And then, yeah. you know, cut the grid in half, like lose the bottom 10 and then do one shot for the rest of them. That's what I think. Like, yeah, because then it just it's going to feel unique. It's going to feel special to that. If you're going to, you know, compartmentalize the sprint into that day and just make it the focus of that day, you need to make it feel different. You can't be like, you know, thinking back after and being like, oh, well, what? Wait, hang on. Did you do that lap in sprint qualifying or normal qualifying? Because it feels the same. I just like don't. It's... I just don't remember. I don't remember what no, happened no. at all because it's neat. I like numbers and data and I love digging into every, I, I dig into every session right i'm overloaded i'm not having fun doing it because just because it's like what's the what's the point of adding this it hasn't added anything so we've set the order on saturday morning which is a hotter track temp than we did so you know qualifying was in later in the day the track was cooling from 40 down to 30 or 55 50 down to 30 or something so the track temperature is dropping quite a bit through friday's main event qualifying session and then sprint qualifying was early in the morning it was about 50 degrees track so, you know, you've got some variability and uncertainty going into that. And then we have a, the sprint race. Um, thoughts on the sprint? DeVries squeezed Yuki into the wall. Uh, it was a bit naughty. Um, but other than that, it was a procession, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what Alpha Tower are playing out because this, this isn't the first time. This isn't their first rodeo. I mean, when they set Yuki out, was it Baku, wasn't it, with the dodgy DRS as well? And they just gaffer taped it up. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I respect that, though. I do respect that one. That one was, was yeah, that one was fine. But, uh, what <laughs> yeah. if, Dan, what about the sprint race itself? <sighs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, done like yeah yeah, yeah I, I could I, not give and again i've said this before if you like it fair play I, you know i'm not gonna tell you what you can and can't like but in my opinion i cannot think of anything more fucking boring than a sprint weekend like yeah. i'm glad i went out drinking and got a hangover so i could sleep through the race you know it was yeah. infinitely it, more enjoyable than watching this fucking weekend and it feels bad and i think there's some, we'll come back to the main reason why i think this weekend was perceived to be a dud and I'll let you guys, you guys have your say on that. But let's talk before we get away from the sprint race. There was only one talking point from that sprint race. That was that was Yuki smashing his two. There's Yuki smashing his wheel and then being sent out with the the car doing the, the crab down. It's like, dude, park that thing at the end of the pit lane. Do not pull out onto the track. I don't think there's much to discuss about that. The fact that he got halfway around the track, drug it, and then parked it on the track and caused a safety car was very poor. That was. That was stupid. Um, but the only other thing that happened was George and Max tangling for an, an entire one lap. Cool, we... blimey. Crikey. Yeah. Oh, my God. Two corners, wasn't it? Yeah, what do we... What, what? There was a lot of talk, and there was a lot of interesting opinions about that, but we've got three probably equally dog shit opinions right here. <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Somebody, somebody take this one. Uh, I don't care. I think, you know, 
Max has always driven balls to the wall. I think George felt like he'd try to do a bit of balls to the wall. They had a little love tap. They had a little bit of a confrontation at the end. Max called him a dickhead. And look, as, as you do, let me tell you, right? Calling someone a dickhead is absolutely vanilla compared to some of the things oh, I've yeah. heard on team radio. Right? <laughs> yeah. That is mild. That's not even spicy. Yeah. That's, yeah. If anything, that's a term of endearment. Like, yeah. yeah. Dickhead. In some instances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, shiny yeah. dickhead. Like, come on. Like, yeah. uh, then, I mean, he was, he was clearly uh, miffed. So it was one of those things. But like, that's like, yeah. But there's a, there's a lot of people like freaking out. I was like, I can't believe how unsportsmanlike that was. I'm like, okay, dude, that is like <laughs> literally if that didn't happen, you would have nothing to talk about today. And yeah. imagine, imagine you put a camera in somebody's face when they're having a confrontation and talking about something. Oh, that camera much- operator shot over. Like he could see them too. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get Jerry. the boom arm over. Yeah, yeah. Get the sound Jerry Springered them. Rest in peace, Jerry Springer, by the way. But uh, he Jerry Springered them. Fully Netflixed them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you? What did you? What was your take on it? I, I don't. Uh, that I agree. Like, I don't. I don't give a toss. Like, you know, the thing is, all of these drivers, most of them anyway, seem to get along really well, um, which is which is nice. But I mean, you look through that like, sport is competitive. It's it's top line. You're gonna have these characters, these fiery personalities. I think Max and George. I mean, that's one for you know, that's one to look forward to now going into the future because not only are they very, you know. They compete well on track. I think their their personalities, the difference in their personalities, kind of like you got with Senna and Prost. Like it's part of the personality difference helps make the the spice oh, spicier. But but also it is look. I, I think we could all acknowledge. You know, Max can't genuinely be like really upset about a driver pushing him, like pushing the limits. Maybe going a bit over the edge because that's how Max has raced. Like his entire career that's part of what has made max so good is that he you know puts his car in the position at times where you're the one who has to back out and you know neither of them backed out it's risky it happened he can't be genuinely that annoyed though yeah exactly Mm. i i'm completely with both of you like on one hand there were people saying and rightly so that it was rich coming from max to say that you know you, you you can't be that aggressive on lap one it's like like you said max has always been super aggressive and that is one of the things I like the most about him. So I'm not saying George don't do that. Max don't do that. I'm like, here's the only thing. If George had taken Max out of the race or put him in the wall, that's a different story. I'd be there right now to arrest him. I'd be like, listen, George, George, you can't fucking PR your way out of this one. The terrorism (laughs) tour stops today. But at the same time, right? That's what we want to see. We want to see the drivers racing. Exactly. Okay. If he had if he had put a hole in the side pod and punctured the radiator and put Max out of the race, that would have been on him. You know, by the by the rules, Max had right to be there, overtaking around the outside. He was ahead. Right? So you've got to leave the space. If you if you have a love tap, fuck it, man. What what, what do we want? We don't like, like G- GP said it himself though, didn't he, on the radio? It's like these guys around you have got more less to lose than you have. So you know, George is going to, you know, he knows the situation he's in at the minute. He's not going to be able to win the championship this year. And if he's got an opportunity, he's going to, he's going to go for it. And I'd yeah. rather like see more drivers race like that. And you, you let them, you let them be human. You let them have their little emotional moment after, but yeah. I just hope that this is, and isn't, let them throw some you know, fucks. Let them throw some fucks. Yeah. 
and, and it's not that it's not that it's like everyone deeps bloody Hulkenberg Magnuson back in the day when he said him told him to suck his balls. Like that's even more than it. If we think that like, this is vanilla, like that's like flavorless, flavorless uh, ice cream, not even a vanilla. Don't they? Oh. Don't they like occasionally like, beat the shit out of each other in NASCAR? Anyway, isn't that like a yeah, NASCAR yeah. thing? Let like tearing like, someone out of a car. Like. Yeah. At least have we? Have we haven't seen anybody punching someone else in the. F- in the face shield of their helmet this season, but maybe no. soon. But let's, let's put it this way. And Tom, you had a great point on that is the fact that George has very little to lose. And at that point in Max's career, not only was he really new to Formula One, um, he rarely had anything to lose. They weren't fighting for the championship then. So it's like, fuck it. You know what? Um, if, if I, if I, you know, this goes wrong for both of us, they lose more than me. And that is the risk reward game. Is that, yep. Do you want to be consistently taking people out of races? No. Um, but but racing hard, I, I like to see it. Uh, I'm into it, and there was no DNF. Um, a little bit of bodywork damage. I'm fine. George so- doesn't need to worry about Max Verstappen. George needs to worry about getting struck in the back of the head with a very extremely aerodynamic hammer that has got property of Adrian Newey written on the side of it after what he did to those side pods. Adrian, Adrian's got to be sitting there thinking, <laughs> Oh my God. Because was it, they, they knew they had floor damage. It wasn't until you saw the, the images when they, the race finished, they have the massive hole in the side. But I guess as well, you like you look at the onboards, that could have easily gone, you know, Russell could have got a puncher. Like it's one of them that you will to will. It can take the the most subtle, like nothing. I mean, was it Russell retires when he retired in Australia? That was because a bit of a random bit of debris that just happened to go in the engine bay and then boom, that's gone. So yeah. It's fun. Too many of those. Nah, we don't see too many of those. But right, final verdict. Question for both of you. New sprint format versus old sprint format. Which one? Dan, new or old? Uh, I'm I'm on the new. Okay, Tomo? I would say new. Okay, now, next question. If you could bin off every sprint race ever again for the rest of the season, would you do it? Do, I think the new one's better, first of all, to say that. Do bears shit in the woods? Uh, does the... Pope wear a yeah. pointy hat? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, does the Pope shit in the woods? The but, sprint yeah. can sprint its way fucking out of here, in my opinion. <laughs> Fair. Um, I would keep them because I want to see how this system looks at a different track. Because the race was a stinker, so it's like, was the sprint a stinker just because, you know... Was it be stinky because it was a sprint weekend or was it stinky just because sometimes you have stinkers? Like even without yeah. sometimes races are stinkers. So it's like correlation causation. I want to see more of them to get more of an idea of yeah. know, what is actually at fault. You know? that's, that's a good point. And I think as soon as we all saw that they picked Baku for a sprint race, we were like, hmm, that's going to be mm. shit. Yeah. you want? I want to believe and I'm eternally an optimist, but it is like, well, there's your problem. It's at Baku. So speaking of, before we before we round off the why it was a stinker, let's talk about the, the Grand Prix. Um, and the Grand Prix was... I'm going to... Hang on, I'm going to cut in. Sorry. Go um, on. Sorry. I said I was going to talk about what I would change about the sprint format. Ah, dude, send it. Right. We need to do that. Right. So I would change, and it's now two because you reminded me as we are talking about it. The one that you Fine. reminded me of is the stupid new tire rule. That can fuck off. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Bennett. 
But the one I was thinking of originally is I want to see what they originally proposed. I want hards in the first session, mediums in the second, and then softs in the last session. That was that was for a normal race weekend to try. I'm not even at a sprint, but yeah, why not? I don't know why they went medium, medium, soft. I think, you know. Yeah, well, when I heard that they were messing around with the tyres for it, I just assumed, yeah, it'd be hard, medium, soft. So. Yeah. Don't really get it. Yeah. No. So that's that'd, that'd be the things I would change. Okay. Tom, any any outright changes that you would make? Yeah, I mean, I, I say I, I think um I think changing the format of the sprint itself, I think I've kind of gone back and forth on this. It's either you make the sprint a bit shorter or you add a mandatory pit stop just to add that degree of strategy, because it's a shorter race, you can't pit into clean air as consistently as you can in a, in a mm. long race necessarily I, I don't know like how how would you feel about that Blake I feel like you're 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 going to be more knowledgeable in terms of the nuance and actually how that would affect things like because if everyone has to pit you might get some people pitting on lap one and then trying to get clean track or some people like waiting right to the end vice versa like I'm not like, sure how that yeah I, f I think that's an interesting one because if you get to the point where leaders give it a big enough gap and you're pitting into traffic you could have some really really random number generator races that are super arbitrary it's like that is in no way shape or form an indication of the performance and you might as well just toss a coin to decide where you finish the race maybe i don't know i think you can simulate that and look at the team's paces and say how far out will they be um i don't i'm not a big fan of reverse grids because then all that's doing is if your leaders don't have enough pace to come through and depending on the nature of the circuit, you're just basically giving some free points to shit teams, which I, I like, I like merit. I like merit, not a you could charity race. Reverse just the top 10, like they do in F2. I would be less against that maybe. Yeah. Like, but, but even then you'd still maybe get like artificially, oh, we're just not going to bother to go out. And then like, oh, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it feels like th th there's one thing like the rules, because you've got the rules as they are, but you've also got Red Bull being clear. Then you've got like the next three teams. Then you've got pretty much everyone else. There's yep. kind of not a midfield anymore. There's like a six-three-one at the moment. But obviously, these rules, you know, hopefully next year it might be, you know, two at the front or three at the front, and then hmm. all of a sudden the way we look at these rules are different, you know, because it's like yeah. hopefully these regulations will do their job in the next couple of years and, and start to. It's only like a year and four races into these new wrecks so they're not going to have an impact yet like we won't we won't even see the sliding scale nor red bull's penalty in terms of the time scale it takes those things to happen mm -hmm. you might start to see something uh by mid-season but that also makes the assumption that everybody's development time is equal you know like mm -hmm. 100 hours I figured this out, right? Go on. I was thinking. I was talking to someone about this at the wedding on Saturday night. After how, how many? How many? I was welling. Ciders deep. This was oh, like four. four ciders, four ciders deep, and a multiple shots deep. Okay. All okay. Right? And it was similar to points to what you said, right? A, a reverse grid probably ain't going to work, right? So here's what we're going to do: we're going to reverse the points, right? Maximum points for whoever finishes tenth on a sliding down scale to first, and then we get to see everyone trying to shithouse their way back into 10th place on the last lap. <laughs> oh my God, what the hell? Be like I mean, Monza. That, that'll be spicy. That's, that's how you make it exciting. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, all right, Max, yeah, we need to lose five seconds a lap. This lap is like, mate, the tires are so fucking cold. I can't stay on the track. 
<laughs> you know what though something i want to say about the sprint right i i'll say specifically to you dan because i know you're very anti-sprint right you're not on board but the way i see it you look at the viewing figures the increased viewing figures on a friday the increased viewing figures for the saturday the increased i think what like value for money you get from a ticket as well if you go on friday you're actually seeing something competitive as much as i'm like yeah, if I could have free choice in my dream F1 and there was, I didn't have to think about the commercial side and all that, I probably wouldn't have the sprint. But for me, it's just inevitable. So I've kind of got gone past the stage where I'm not even going to, I'm not even bothered about complaining about it anymore. I know it's going to happen. So now I'm just like, how do we make it as good as it can be? Hmm. Because I think competitive running Friday, Saturday, Sunday is inevitable. It will just be the total F1 calendar in like 10 years. I've got no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, I'm, I've fully resigned myself to the fact that I'm reaching that age where I'm like old man yells at cloud. And I appreciate that what I think is probably not what a lot of other people think. So I, I think you probably have a, a more old school fan point of view, though. I, I think that's like you're, you fuck the sprints, classic weekends, P1, 2, 3 qualify race. And I, I'm, I'm with uh, Tomo's points are exactly it like commercially it makes more sense you're getting more action you're getting more value out of the tickets and if they can keep this going um but what we're discussing and i've done we've got a video i'm working on for tomorrow is talking about that like we're, we're effectively trying to band-aid stuff that's not broken you know we're changing stuff that's not broken to try and fix things that are broken like the technical regulations the formula how much downforce and drag the cars produce the new engines that are coming in which make me like I, I, I might not even be watching Formula One in three years with the, the, if those new engine regulations are as crap as I think they could be. I, th I think they have enough clever people working on this to make it good. So I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but. There I, you go. In three I, years I, time, if we're still going, I'm going to have to start hosting job applications then for Blake's spot. <laughs> Adrian, really? if you're listening and you're free in three years time, I know, I know you've just signed a contract yeah, extension. He's, he's got the extension in bro. But here's the thing, two, two, two sides. An engineer, um, the new weekend format makes engineering quite a bit easier. It makes it less enjoyable, easier. You're not, you're not there Friday night until midnight dicking with the setup. You've made your bets Friday afternoon on what you're running. The rest of it is rocking up operationally and trying to get the most out of what you've got. And it puts even more emphasis on the tools and infrastructure in the background to get you there. Um, as a fan, me now going from an engineer to, uh, I watch all the sessions and I'm looking at all the cars and who's fast and who's slow. I'm looking at all the data. Um, it's too much for me. Honestly, I'm just like, it devalues the entire thing. And I was completely like, no, that's a stupid argument, but I really think it does. Like, why do we need that much action in a weekend? It's so much shit going on. I'm by, by Saturday night. I'm exhausted trying to enjoy Formula One the way I want to enjoy it. I'm I need to go back to just like literally being like, cool, uh, car finish, car go zoom, very happy. Uh, I go get beers now. Blake, I've got a I've got a question for you actually. The the idea I've seen floated around, and, and in theory to me it sounds sound, but obviously you'd know a lot better than I would. The idea of between the sprint on Saturday and the race on Sunday opening up <clears throat> opening up part Fermi so that you could change the setup of the car because then at least it's like you've not got the exact same 20 cars going out on Sunday yeah. as you did Saturday it's like okay maybe you could Ferrari could make some changes that add loads of performance another team could make some changes that actually end up dicking them over because I mean Ocon and Hulkenberg saw it fit to <clears throat> take the punishment and go all the way to the yeah. back just for the setup change would, would that help do you think make it would, more would less their risk copy and paste 
Yeah, with their risk reward level, though, it makes perfect sense. Go to the back. But on the other hand, I, I think it could be interesting and it just completely depends because you would see interesting shifts from Saturday or from Friday to Sunday in terms of let's say that you, you're going to park for me for the sprint qualify or for, for main qualifying. And then you qualify and sprint with that same car and then you can change it for Saturday or Sunday, for example. Oh, that could be super interesting. I just don't know what it looks like. And I don't know what the team's trade-offs in terms of lap time versus top speed and race competitiveness that they're dealing with. I don't know what those sensitivities look like right now because maybe a level of rear wing doesn't really make any difference, you know, so maybe you wouldn't do that. Or, you know, because people talk about this, oh, it's a race setup or oh, it's a qualifying setup. Hmm. I've seen a few of those. There's not much in them in terms of lap time. Hmm. So I, it's, it's, I just feel like if, if we want to add unpredictability, not add up, uh, just make this yeah. like it's a team sport right and this is why i'm talking about you know maybe there's an argument to mandate a, a pit stop in the sprint because you're just and maybe there's an argument to allow setup changes between the sprint and the race because then it's you know you're putting more control i guess in the hands of the team yep. just not just the pit crews but the, the yeah. you know performance engineers and everyone else to like be involved in the performance of that car rather than just that's the car set up now the drivers are just going to deal with it and we kind of know what they're capable of and maybe it's a bit too samey like pit stops all the time in f1 add so much in, like imagine if we didn't have pit stops like the sport would be like there would be nowhere near as excited and interesting like no, pit stops it wouldn't are at all. imperative and it's just like adding that team element i'm yeah. generally behind that yeah I, I really don't know how much opening park Ferme would add to the problem that we've got now in this instance and i think now is a good time to talk about the race and then we can dig into understanding why baku wasn't well done this year it was just kind of like fuck you baku not well done baku so millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Race looked like this. Everybody basically started on a medium and went to a hard. There were a couple guys uh, started on a hard and did the entire race. Was it Hulkenberg and Ocon? They started on the hard and they went all the way to the end and pit on one of the last two laps for a soft to try and do take the fastest lap away a point away from someone because they were outside of the top 10. Um, so what that tells us is this is the exact same scenario that we had in Australia. You could have literally done an entire zero stop race on a hard tire, which means not good. I, like maybe they could do something in, in that instance and say you have to race the soft tire, and then but then everybody would go soft hard. So I don't know. That's that's weird. 
Then, uh, lap 11, 12-ish, DeVries decided to make sure that turn five barrier was securely in place. Um, and actually, his wheel moved, not the barrier. So that's good that that, after signs, it hit that barrier a couple times. Yeah, no, it's still that solid. was very good for him. Very good of him. Yeah. Um, but, so at that time, Max is saying, my tires are going away. And they're like, all right, we'll, we'll box you now from the lead. What they didn't realize was DeVries was stuck on track uh, and he wasn't getting moving again. And by the time all those decisions had been made, they had no further information. They thought he could move the car, but that thing was well and truly stuck there. So we got a safety car and Max loses out. That was one thing. Um, and then the rest of the race, like if I, if I sum up this race, it looks like this. Two Red Bulls out front, Max unable to close the gap to Checo. Behind that, you had Leclerc finishing some 20 seconds back behind them at the end, eventually. Um, and Alonso dipping around a couple seconds off of him. And then Sainz holding up an entire train of the remainder of the Mercedes and the Aston. Um, and then behind that, was it Gas a Gasly train? Or the Ocon train at the back? Ocon it was basic. an Ocon train until we yeah. pit, yeah, and yeah. Hockenberg, but, but the, 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 So we've highlighted a couple of things um, I'd like to talk about. One... The Red Bull pit stop thing, I think, is not really a thing. It was just like a an information, speed of information coming and the decision you need to make. I don't think that's that dramatic. And even Max in the press was like, you know what? We didn't have all the information. These things happen. He wasn't pissed. I saw a couple of headlines that said he was furious. And it was like, he was like, ah, it was unlucky. I was like, yeah, that sounds furious to me. So Red Bull, Max versus Checo, Max Unable to close the door, not quite happy. Unable to close the gap, not quite happy. Um, then we've got this idea of the Mercedes, the Aston and the Mercedes not being able to catch the Ferrari that we're chasing. Why? And then Signs and Leclerc. Like, Signs is in nowhere so right now. Like, what was that? 25 seconds behind Leclerc at the end of the race? Yeah, more than a whole pit stop. Yeah. And then, then we can talk about the whole thing, but I don't know, where, where should we start? Do you want to start at the front? Go for it. Well, here's Max was so bored during the race trying to figure it out. He listened to our podcast, and this is what he had to say. So there was that, and uh, I, I think he's probably correct. Yeah, it cost us a lot of money. Criticism, lads, you know. Yeah, cost us a lot of money, but we finally cracked the in-race advertisement market. Yeah, we (laughs) nailed it. But um, cheers, Max. Appreciate it. Um, if next time instead of just telling us it's shit, you could give us some pointers because I know that you listen to a lot of podcasts as well. So. Uh, much appreciated. Um, I don't know. What do you? Would you guys? Was there anything interesting about that? I mean, Max lost out. What about Max slagging us off? No, no, no. no. That, that was. <laughs> I was surprised it took this long. Honestly, <laughs> so it looked like in the first stint, Checo, like Leclerc. There was no way Leclerc was hanging on to pole. He got eaten alive. That's not even a discussion. Ferrari's race pace is nowhere compared to the Red Bull right now. But it looks like Checo was pushing up to Max quite well. In the first stint before Max stopped, and then Checo won out on the safety car scenario because he was going longer, and he got a free safety car stop, whereas Max so, stopped under yellows. I want to ask, as two ex Red Bull shields, now drinkers of Monster Monster Energy, not me, coffee. If Max doesn't come into pit, because Checo's within a second um, when Max comes in, like I, I'm almost certain I remember him being within a second. It was, so it yeah, it was super close. Yeah. How does that situation pay out if Max doesn't come into the pit? If 
does Checo go for the move? Does because it, it was quite convenient for Red Bull that you know, as much as the timing wasn't great for Max, it did you know prevent them for having no, Red Bull didn't have to intervene. No, at, in the weekend, basically. That's and Max and Max had the pit window. Everybody behind Russell had pit already, so they were they were kicking off as soon as lap six. Um, and there was there was a pit window, so that made perfect sense that he could pit there. Um, expecting everybody else was probably. Are, are you do, trying? Do you think are you it, trying to you trauma played... jump on us into thinking <laughs> you... about 2018? Do you try to no. bring up 2018 again? I'd Dan... say, do, do you do you think that played into Red Bull's thought process to pit Max when they did because they wanted to avoid a potential need to make a decision, not in any particular way, whether it was pro Checo, pro Max, or whatever. But you know, if if you if you if they're close and then you take them, if you split them from each other by pitting one, then you don't have a decision to make. Then that's what I'm saying. Do you think that played into their minds? I think that was a a pleasant benefit of the situation. Max was like, "I'm not happy. Tires are going away." Like, okay, cool, we've got a pit window, we'll pit you into it. And I think that's as far as that went. I, I think, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't let them race. And I think Max... Pro- 2018. Oh, sorry, that's... Yeah, but I, th- I, think, I think Max probably thought about Saturday and was like, yeah, there's, there's a lot to lose here. He understands they both have a lot of risk-reward. And probably he would have backed himself to be able to take it back to him if he did get ahead before a stop sequence. Mm. I, 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 I would like to think that they'd have been fine to race. I think so. Because oh, yeah, uh, I, feel, I feel like the, the, the vibe between them right now is, is pretty good. I know we've had some... some... I, 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 think, I think Red Bull should because, you know, they've got a clear advantage in, in the hardware at the moment. And kind of, I, you know, 2014 Mercedes, you know, Hamilton and Rosberg could fight. They could, you know, they had their few instances. They tripped over each other a few times, but it was fine because their car was you know, clear, far away, clear. So, mm. you know, you're not hemorrhaging points. If I, I would say if there was, you know, if Ferrari were right up there with um, Red Bull, like they were this time last year, then maybe it's a different conversation in terms yeah, of you, then you're taking points yeah. off of each other. I mean, Fernando's only what? He's only 27 points, I think, off of Checo at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's what, 33 behind Max? Like if they, if, if it had been four wins for Max or four wins for Checo, that gap between Fernando and then, the top Red Bull would be much bigger, but I think Red mm. Bull can get away with letting them race for now, anyway. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think, Dan? When you, uh, when you like when you get when you get called up when Christian retires as one of the longest standing team principals yeah. currently on the grid, um, they're going to look at your CV and say Mid. those memes are fucking dank. Get him in here. It's the future. So what would I do? Yeah. Oh, I'd fucking let him race. Yeah. because I love the chaos and I love the drama but yeah. if if I had to try and put a serious hat on I'd probably echo what Tomo said I said if there was more on the line I'd be more inclined to say mm, just bring it home yeah exactly it's like right you, you know what check out this one's yours or Max this one's yours this weekend but but what happened was Checo gets ahead and Max is unable to close the gap to him he doesn't get DRS I don't believe is that true or not he, I'm look. He's he's close, but I don't not think Max got into DRS. I probably I was probably asleep, hung over at this stage, mate. So I'm <laughs> I'm just well, I'm on your guidance for that bit. Yeah, but I mean, like other than other than what is it, Hamilton on signs? That's about as close as they get. And then the, you know the the Ocon group was pretty close, but that's because Ocon mm. packed all of them up. Because um, well, the, the Max had to clear Leclerc, didn't he? Because obviously Leclerc and Checo both jumped Max 
from the from, from the pits, wasn't it? Because it was like a nine second loss of time relative. Mm. And yeah. by the time Max cleared Charles, it was about I don't know, second and a half, and it just gradually yeah. got bigger that, until Max got on top of his car, and then last ten laps he started to gradually close it down a bit. Well, that's that's an interesting because we're talking about a lack of ability to overtake, right? And none of the drivers, let's say, let's say Max never got DRS on Checo this weekend, right? Apparently he did for a very short period, somebody's okay. saying. Okay, but like it was basically there. So the DRS was a talking point from the race. They made it shorter by 100 meters, but that wouldn't have factored in considering if you're in the DRS for one lap and you don't get it done and you fall out of DRS after that, and the idea that these cars are becoming even more difficult to follow, like they're still better than the 21 cars. They're still... Like, if you look at the groupings, now, definitely you have people holding up, and they're not able to overtake, but they're able to follow for an entire, you know, 40-lap stint. So I'm kind of torn on that because, I like, changing, going back, adding 100 meters to DRS for most of these battles wouldn't have changed much, at least at the front end. Maybe maybe in the, the Acon bunch and back, fine. But Red Bulls, no. The Leclerc, Alonso, no. Hamilton on signs, maybe. Because Hamilton did spend a couple laps inside his gearbox, but he's and he's got quite a draggy car. Another hundred meters on the yeah, DRS yeah. might have helped him, but something's going on here. I mean, you you said this earlier, Blake. Like, I'm reluctant to look at changing the rules and and when that's not necessarily the the actual source of the problem. Look, Red mm. Bull have developed a fantastic racing car, right? A racing car that's clear of the rest, and they're on their own at the front, at the top, at the moment in terms of a racing yep. car qualifying fine ferrari whatever sure. but that's not where you get the points if you look at the rest of the field so we had alonso closing up to within a second of Charles. if that's yep. going for a win for, if you just delete let's just like remove the red balls for, yep. for, for for a minute right he's within a second of a win you've got hamilton within a second of of carlos yep. and and having a few little sniffs um, but doesn't have that straight line speed to, to to make it count you had stroll losing position making a mistake and then that allowed lewis through Yep. Um, you know, I, I think that, and even in the midfield, you had a few, obviously you had the train again, the fact that Hulkenberg and Ocon started from the pit lane on the hard tire and went long, the fact there was two of them as well. So Lando couldn't, cause you know, Hulk's yeah. got DRS, so he can't jump Hulk. It was just this perfect kind of storm of mid that just resulted in the race being a bit dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if, if Hulkenberg and Ocon don't start from the pit lane, then Lando, Sonoda, I think it's yeah. going to make way more progress and keep that gap. It was like 25 seconds, like halfway into the race, because Ocon and Hulkenberg were just holding everyone up. Yeah, but I mean, you've got basically what we've got now is this four block race. And if they hadn't done that weird strategy, you probably would have had like a two blocks and then a big kind of different third block, which was signs all the way back from there. But I think that touches on a little bit more about. The problem was Baku didn't Baku. There was no chaos. The safety car came out yep. at the pit window. And you this know, is what I said last episode. I said, if if there's not a crash or anything like that, it's a snooze fest and people say, yeah. oh, Baku is exciting. And I went, no, it's just because crashes happen. It's, That's the only thing that makes it yeah. exciting. But, it, but the, race, right, the right. racing is dead. Yeah. The, the the crashes and like Thomas said, if there's no stops, it doesn't make it excitement. And if there's safety cars, you will have stops and you have people trying to do different things. But the fact that you can do a no stop on a hard tire is just like 
Well, there's your problem. Softest, uh, softest range, wasn't it, as well? That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was all the way as soft as they could go. So I don't know. There's, there's something there, but like we get into this thing where we start adding gimmicks to improve it. So what's the real problem? I, I think we can, we can figure it out. But um, right. all, all in all, I just think that a degree of patience is, is yeah. somewhat needed uh, for me. I, Dude, yeah, I, think, no I don't, don't want to over... Exactly, yeah. But, but like, let's, let's take this on a sample of two. We've had two races on the tire compound. I don't think Australia was the softest range. Um, but we've had two races where you could do a no-stop on the hard tire. Mm. Melbourne, Melbourne, you could have done a no-stop hard. Baku, how did much, a no-stop hard. How much of the new surface, how much of the track being newly resurfaced do we think may have played into it being a bit of a board draw because we've seen it a few times where when they resurface a track it just seems to make everything last forever and it becomes yeah, very on, dull because yeah. because it was back who was it 21 or 22 when max yeah 21 when max and lance both had their tires blow up so mm. why was there such higher wear if they They've changed the compounds, haven't they, slightly since then? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that was where, but more of a structural issue. And if it was a structural issue, Pirelli would have never admit that. They they literally, they they, they can't effectively. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's actually a fault with the tires. They can never say that there's a fault with the tires. Mm. That's that's why you literally, the only explanation is ever debris. So Mm. that's a tough one. And and, and how how did the new surface impact? First name, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he was a problem as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of summarizes why this race was a bit of a dud. And uh, we had a whopping 13 overtakes, I believe it is. 13, Ooh. I think, was the number. What was the IndyCar like, race? They were, like they were gassing up Gasly and what, Sergeant, like right at the back, scrapping for like yep. P, like literally last. And I was like, <laughs> that's on, United's bad. Go on, lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you um? Who who was your money on to win the Grand Prix? What was your podium before the race? Did you have one in mind, Tomo? Um, I I put my top three for last lap were right. So um, Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc. Oh my god! Yeah, can't believe it. Weekend? Um, way before the weekend? No, I did that. I did that. I was that was Sunday morning before the race. Okay, Uh, see educated guesses with data we don't do that here my friend <laughs> yeah exactly so we we hedged our bets i i went for verstappen perez leclerc so i was out of order what did you go for dan dan went a little bit bolder but yeah I, think I respect the fucking hustle maybe i maybe i started the attention yeah maybe i started drinking earlier than i thought because i put alonso first verstappen second <laughs> which was right in the end verstappen got second right True. and uh perez third so i got one out of three well done. Well done. Let's talk. So the, the Grand Prix is effectively over, but it's not over yet. What the fuck was the uh, photographer pit lane bowling thing? That was frightening, man. That was actually frightening. Yeah. So um, I can't imagine anyone missed it, but if they did, so last lap of the race, Ocon still needs the pits because uh, he's still got his hard tires on from um, Bahrain at the start of the season. Um, he has to pit to make his mandatory stop. And uh, the fire marshals decided to block off the entrance to the pit lane. Um, it wasn't a good look as a Ocon was coming down the pit lane and then loads of people were frantically getting out of the way. Um, but yeah, and in response to that, the FIA decided to summon 
the FIA. Um, so it's very bad impressive. Bad. How dare you? We'll, we'll we'll make a note and we'll have a harsh reprimand. It's like, can you imagine uh, after the podcast, Dan and I just talking about how we've done a really bad job. What are we going to do next weekend? Same uh, job yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got the decision document here of, of what this was. Right. So um, yeah. the the official thing is people blocking the fast lane in the pit lane on the final lap. Uh, while the pit lane remained open. Um, the stewards heard from the FIA representatives and determined that the relevant representatives took steps to set up the Park Ferme area and also permitted media and other personnel to gather in the start of the pit lane and the pit wall during the last lap of the race. Now, unofficially, this is not on document, but photographers and staff in the pit lane towards the end of a race is not new. Oh, that happens every week. Yeah. That's literally every week. They've set up the bollards for P1, 2, and 3. Everybody's getting there with their camera to get their prime spot to get like, oh, God, yeah, Checo Flex when you're standing on top of the Red Bull. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, sorry, Jamie. And I think the issue sorry, was... Tomo. I I think, Tomo, photographer Tomo. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, <laughs> fucking, you're throwing me completely off now. So <laughs> I think the issue... <laughs> fucking... We'll just throw that in. We'll throw one of them in there while we're at it. Um, the issue was the fire marshal set up the fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I can't. I can't. Oh, fucking. No, I've got nothing. Oh, they fucking set up the barriers. They shouldn't have set up the fucking barriers. The FIA said, oh, we regret it. We will we, we promise it will never happen again. We'll have to... Whatever, fuck this off. Is what I mean, right? We are talking about Albon, right? Doing the one stop in Australia. This literally happened then. There was VIP Muppets like on, on the side of like when he was driving through, you see on Alex's onboard, like they're within a few feet of the side of his car. So it's not the first time it's happened. They've not learned from what they what happened. Like the, in Australia, it wasn't it was only you know, if you saw the onboard afterwards, you're like, Oh, that's a bit sketchy. But here you've got Sky Sports, you've got Ted losing his mind, rightly so, because he thinks about 60 people about to have their ankles cut off by an F1 car. Have you like, ever played Carmageddon? No, I haven't. I've played it. He's not as old as us. <laughs> yeah. Like, that game, that game's about 25 years old. <laughs> they have to like, do like a, a different version for like different countries. Because they did, yeah. didn't allow it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. I've heard about that. But yeah, it's it was it was shambles. So what they did is basically find themselves a grand and they paid themselves a grand to go buy a nice. They didn't even do that. Have dinner. They didn't even do that. There's not even a fine listed on this. They just said, "Oh, yeah." They just said, "Oh no, it's happened again." We promise it won't ever happen again. I guarantee you, it happens at least once more this fucking season. Love that. Love that. So. The championship, Perez versus Verstappen. Max is only six points ahead right now. Um, the race is on. Last season, Perez tanked massively after the summer break. And a lot of people are like, it's because they developed the car for Max Verstappen. And I'm I'm sitting here, every time I read one of those comments, I literally want to put my face through fucking drywall. In my, like this wall right here, it's not that sturdy. So it, it would it would be really nice to break my face through that wall and it wouldn't really hurt that much because it right. moves quite a bit chat you know what to do your no, name don't... is break so no don't do it but like but seriously like i've so from 2015 until 2021 for the 22 car 
I've worked on every single one of those cars in the simulator, and I don't ever remember doing a make the car for Max Verstappen session. What we ended up doing was spending more time when a teammate was struggling, you spent more time trying to find tools and setups and changes that you could do to the car that would make the driver that was struggling. Max was like, I'll drive whatever. Here's what I want. And if you can add that, great, but I'm going pretty quick right now. And it's like, okay, um, Gasly, you're having a tough time with this car. Daniel, you're having a tough time with this car. Um, Alex, you're having a tough time with this car. What, what do you need? Let's work on those things. And that's the kind of stuff we were working on. I don't remember, I don't remember the uh, make, uh, makes Max the fastest driver and ignore the other driver narrative. And like people lay into that so heavily. And I was like, that's really great. But uh, I'll just tell you now. So that narrative is now dead. Okay, that's it. It's dead, is it? Another thing. No, it's 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 gonna it's never gonna not come back. Another thing though is like the the McLaren or the sorry the Mercedes. Lewis doesn't even like driving the simulator, and as far as I'm aware, he hasn't really been particularly involved until last year. Like there's that's an the thing, in- like, it's, it's a different generation, isn't it? Like yeah. I, I think the, these these young drivers now, you know, you come through the ranks and you know there's more access to simulators. You look at, I mean, last Lendo, last year I went to Team Redline, which is like Max's esports team, and you and they've got the um, at that same um, at that same location they've got one of the I think they're they're two huge like there's a Formula Two well Junior Formula Simulator. Which is yep. used by a lot of like F two drivers and that and like the the facilities now are like incredible and I guess you look at the more old school drivers yeah they're not going to necessarily have because you also look when Lewis's first season at McLaren you know the amount of testing like unlimited testing back then mm. you could get a whole season's worth of mileage under your belt before you've even you know driven a, a lap in in rage so maybe yeah. it's just kind of different relationships and, and some yeah. drivers don't because you're never going to replicate it to 100 percent. so maybe just no. for some drivers yeah yeah max can drive max is one of the best sim racers in the world and he's also one of the best formula one drivers in the road but they are you know different I mean, they're, they're very similar, different but they're different yeah exactly yeah. no for sure no that's that's completely it so wow do you know who else is the best sim racer in the world our very own blake mr two for two on i racing <laughs> Oh yeah, MX Five boy. <laughs> so I've I'm, I've got my rookie license. Dan and I both have our rookie license right now. No, I um, haven't got mine yet. I'm one race away. No rookie, rookie. Well, you're not, not even a rookie. Not oh, sorry, no, you're you're, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, rookie. sorry. Rookie's the default one. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. You don't have your D class, oh. but, <laughs> but I have entered two MX Five races and I've won both of them. My strategy for success, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down to you. What you need to do when you're absolutely dog water at this game. It's lap one, back out. You will literally, if you don't qualify on pole, you'll be second by by the end of lap one. If you just See back out, open. Um, <laughs> and then the next thing is, it's really easy to force people to make mistakes without yeah. even being like not not even bullying them. Just be like, I um, know that you can't overtake me on the inside. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my car here. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you half the track to fuck with, but you cannot overtake me into turn one. Uh, if I'm in the middle lane, all I have to do is back out and watch you sail off into the barriers. Uh, and that's that's my recipe for success. So yeah. after the stream, I'm going to do another MX5 race. And uh, uh, can anybody got 100 gifted on the line if we get another win? <laughs> three for three. <laughs> I got to pay some bills. Thanks, Moza Racing, by the way, for uh, oh, the stream wheel. Deary me. Deary me. But then, Dan, you've, you've, you've not taken that approach, though. No, it's everything or nothing. Yeah, yeah, all or nothing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've fucking, I've 
paid my iRacing subscription. I'm going to use all the track. Like, yeah, exactly. I want my money's worth out of it. Oh yeah. So you you got any interest in sim racing, Tamo? Because like until until um, full disclosure, Moza reached out to me a while back and like, hey, we'd love to send you some gear for you to try out and review it. And I was like, I'd love to because I'd love to have a sim racing rig. Um, Placey and Elgato sent me some stuff as well, which is awesome. But do you have any interest in sim racing? Because I had no interest before that. Because it's like I just don't have time. Here's my wheel that doesn't get used very often. But I've just worked out how to get this um, set up with my. Because since I moved into this place, I've not used my sim at all. Okay. I just worked it out over the last. Because um, I'm actually doing a sim racing thing later this week. Um, Ooh. Um, for for a game that I haven't even downloaded, so I, I, I did that last year. After this, I did that last oh, yeah. year. It was a lot of fun, and I was terrible. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just. Uh, I've got something special to show. Actually, if I can pick it up. Look at this guy. It's my seat. Oh hell oh, yeah! God, so far, yeah. audio listeners, Tomo is just casually lifting a racing seat into the background, and he's yeah. also a very strong lad as well. Yeah, you are very strong, aren't you, Tomo? Oh, I know, I know. Oh, he's, oh, <laughs> well, okay. You know what? Best of luck. And uh, are you who are you going to meet, George or Lewis? Depends how well I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if I get, oh, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. Who, who, who would you choose? If you could have George or Lewis on the Engine Breaking podcast, don't forget to five star, by the way. Um, audio only people. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tomo. Tomo. Who would you um, who who would you choose? Uh, I would choose, choose who, would, who would be the best crack. I would I, choose Lewis in a heartbeat. Uh, I would choose George because I would make listeners choose between pick who did that impersonation, Dan or George. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, blimey, Kavner! Now was that George Russell or was that Dan? Yeah, you fraud! It was George. God, uh, that, that's great. You could get you could get two podcasts out of it. Then you could have Blake and Lewis. I would. I would seriously like as as much as I love Red Bull. I'm a big Max fan. I would. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I'm a very good podcast host. I just don't. I don't. And like you know, to like interview. Wrong line of work, mate. No, yeah, exactly. Sorry, that's was fine. you that's was fine. you waiting for us to jump in there and say, "Oh no, no you're no, brilliant." No, or... no, no, no. I if you if you do, I'm going to call you a fucking liar anyway. But it's like, I, I don't know. Like a, a lot the interviews that I see with like Lewis on the couch, like when he did the one with with Brundle. It was just, it was a super cool conversation because you don't get people asking great drivers, like greats like that. You don't get that many good interviews like that one. And it was just super cool to see that. So I don't think I would do a very good job because I don't think I'm a very good interviewer. I'm great at talking with my mates about something I love, but as, uh, yeah, Martin did a really good job with that and Lewis and, uh, yeah. That just means you have to make Lewis your mate. I don't think he, I don't think Lewis likes me. I don't think he'd I mean, like me. They operate in different circles, Tomo. Yeah. So, hey, man, I just won a couple of MX-5 races. Uh, do you want to have some barbecue? <laughs> He's like, motherfucker, I'm vegan. I'm like, sorry. Uh, uh, to be fair, my uh, Traeger... Traeger, please talk to us. My... Uh, a second episode. Second fucking episode in a row you've been hawking yourself to Traeger. They're not listening. Oh, They're I not know, fucking I've, listening, I'm telling you. I love you. barbecue. I love barbecue. I love making barbecue. But anyway. You got me uh, local butchers. Yeah, let's talk about... Let's talk about... Uh, is it time for Fraud Watch? Yeah, Dan? go on. Go for it. Is it time for Fraud Watch? I mean, we said Max and Perez within six points of each other. We didn't actually make any more comment other than that. 
so I will I will say no disrespect to Checo, but does anyone realistically here think that he's going to beat Max over a season? Over a season, no. I don't. I don't think if if if, if there's a season, this is that season. Race four, six points ahead. Yeah. This is the season. This is this, his best chance. This is not, his not Rosberg because, 16. Yeah, not only because of the small gap, but also because there's not an Aston Martin or a Mercedes or a Ferrari in the scrap as well taking points off. They can fairly comfortably hope for one-twos for most of at least this first half of the season. Maybe Aston Martin that's will bring a, another world upgrade before their ATR, but yeah. All right. All right that'll, like so. that'll do me. Right, next. Thanks. My Carena watch. Tamo's on fraud watch. That's my vote for this week. Um, right. So basically, Don't hate me because you hate me, Blake. Yeah, I know. I know. So basically, fraud watch is where we put a team driver, organization, inanimate object, or other on watch for being absolutely fraudulent. Uh, by default, the engine braking podcast. Hold on. Engine uh, braking is not good. Always on fraud watch. But so far, uh, McLaren have featured twice, Ferrari have featured three times. Uh, Alpine, the FIA, the race director. Um, so, Dan, have you, Tommy, you've got one in mind? Yeah, I'm going straight in. And yeah, send it. There's the obvious one, but you've picked the obvious one. Um, so, I'm going to go, you know, signs. I just, I, he was completely nowhere this weekend. Mm. Mm. And the Charles has shown that, that this weekend that Ferrari was a capable car. Yep. Just signs. Was it's, all by himself doing nothing. It, it still has the, the the race fall. They have not gotten on top of their their race pace and their tire situation. But Leclerc did a great job. Signs absolutely nowhere in any session this weekend. I am going for the the obvious one this week because I did a video at the beginning of the season talking about Nick DeVries, and I was just like, I'm not sure. Looking at his record, he's got some great wins. But in F2, he only beat the Tifi. He's up and down. Seems like a nice dude, but he's struggling so bad in the, in the Alpha Tower. Um, so I've got DeVries on Fraud Watch. Uh, Tama, hit us. So I've picked someone who... This is two stinky weekends in a row, and you could say a lot of this weekend's problems weren't on him, but some of them were, certainly. Pierre Gasly. Hmm... That is no, nah, that's a good one, and I think all the um, I know some people in the F1 world listen to us. If any of you happen to be at Alpine, I can only express my condolences for rebuilding a burnt out car only for it to get crashed again about three hours later or whatever. Mm. Honestly, I couldn't believe he put it in the wall. I was like, "Oh yeah, man, come on, I mean, please." Logan Logan did have a tough weekend as well, mostly to his own doing. He did, but, but he's, a, he's a rookie. Four yeah, races in. I'm, yeah. I'm giving I'm giving him a pass on that, and we'll talk back our random fandom report in a minute. But, Florida um, man takes out Middle Eastern wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus, that's that's going on fraud files, not uh, fraud watch. All right, so let's move on to the um, the next one, shall we? Oh, you who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. So this is where we basically just we've we've talked some trash about somebody. And we need to we need to give some props where it's due. Um, we've had quite a few features so far this season. Uh, testing Joe and Bottas, uh, those guys are basically on fraud watch now, in my opinion. But 
they've not fraudulent enough. Um, Alonzo, Sargent, Sonoda, Max, McLaren, Albon, Alonzo, and Checo have, oh, sorry, um, I just told you what we got this week, but anyway. <laughs> McLaren and Albon have been on Good Boy. So, Dan, who's your engine mode Good Boy for the week? Grande Eres Magic Alonso! Oh, oh. I think, uh, I think you know, he's had issues with DRS all weekend. Aston Martin was having some DRS issues. Uh, he was being like a father figure for Lance saying, hey, just give just give Lance my brake balance settings. It's fine. Completely coincidental that Lance then went straight, flying straight off the track. You know, that's purely coincidental. Listen, yeah. Alonso, to, to, the hype train is real. Yeah. But what about uh, Alonso on the lap? He's like, his engineer gave him some brake balance changes and Alonso's like, oh yeah, those are really good. Can you give those to Lance? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, but like, if Lance was right behind him, he'd have been like, yeah, uh, minus five on the brake balance. I promise it's meant. And then you see <laughs> Lance under the wall. The, the best bit, the best bit between them two, which has been chronically undercovered afterwards, was, you know, when Stroll was, well, Stroll was behind Fernando and he was within a second and Stroll was like, I'm not going to overtake um, Fernando, I'm just going to sit here. And then Fernando was like, I'll tell Lance he can have a go. When does that ever happen? <laughs> the, the driver behind uh, is like, I'm all right here. And the driver in front is like, go on, tell him to have a go at me. Yeah, I mean, like, but he, but, but what he, what he did say after that is like, if he can get past me and clear me, then he can attack ahead is what, what he was getting at. And I was like, yeah, I get that. It wasn't just like, I'm bored here. Let's have some wheel to wheel. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, this like, race oh, is." Oh, he can have a guy if he wants. Like, this this okay, race is so shit. I'm going to engineer my own racing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that was it. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's that's it, Hennessy. Exactly. So, Bring it on. Which I was, I, lo- I was like, I love that. I've got, I've got Checo on Good Boy this week. Just did a, did a clean weekend. Didn't have, didn't have a bad qualifying. Didn't have a perfect qualifying. Um. But he was there all weekend, no mis- no major mistakes, um, raced super well, and he just had great pace. Like, that's a tricky circuit, and we know that Checo's good at street circuits, but I have nothing else to add to that. Checo, I think Checo deserves uh, some gas on this one. Tomo, who are you going for? It's tough. There's two. Mm. There's two drivers front and center in my mind. Honorable mention. Okay. Because I don't Runner think up. he could have done much more. Charles Leclerc. Yep. But- yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, no, very fair. Yuki, Yuki, you're right. I'm going for him. Sod it. Okay, okay. First time we've seen an AlphaTauri Q3. Yeah. Um. Yes, he had a bit of a sit, but DeVries put him in the wall in the sprint, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, he had a bit <laughs> of a sit in the weekends. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he was in that train. I think without um, Ocon and Hulkenberg train put it up, yeah, he's carrying that team. He's carrying that team. Like, it's kind of hard not to. Two P levels, two P tens. Like he's doing bits right yeah. now. Yeah, and you can snow them. Fair enough, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm just like, I'm so underwhelmed by Devries. It's one of those things. I like Yuki. I think, I think he's awesome, and he's definitely come around a lot more. He looks. I love his swearing on the radio so fucking much, but uh. How much of it is DeVries underperforming? Because, like, you know, Jody Egginson said, like, you can't look at him like a rookie. You know, he's he's got all this experience. He's older than, he says, he's three years older than Charles Leclerc. You know, he's been around for time. And you look at, you know, how much of this is, is DeVries disappointing? Because he's, he's tested a lot of F1 machinery as well over the years. He, knows he tested every car last season that had a Mercedes in it. 
Exactly. So how much of it is him letting down versus Yuki stepping up? Because Yuki, relative to Pierre, was a lot closer last year than he was in his rookie season. Yeah. Who knows, man? I'm I'm bummed about it, honestly. (laughs) Do you want Lawson's? Lawson's like yeah, he's sitting there. Imagine if you're Daniel Ricardo. Even is Daniel rubbing his mitts or is he taking the cash and chilling right now and waiting for the big seat? I've, if, if Danny Rick fair would question. be Danny Rick would be an asset in that Alpha Tower. Get a fair question. Franz Toss is gone. Get Ricardo back in there for a bit. See if he there's a redemption arc. That's it. Like the I fact, don't, I don't hate that shout because it's not like DeVries is this young rebel junior that they would be. You know, they've invested time in. You know, they they swapped like, from from elsewhere. They yeah. were like, oh, Gasly's leaving. We need a driver who's driven a car recently. Oh, DeVries has driven three or four other Mercedes-powered cars. Fine, we'll have him. That seems like what it was. I, I think Liam's well, probably... would be really interesting. It would be. Yeah. Why don't we... Uh, Dan, you want to hit us with that random fandom? Random fandom. Oh, my God. Budget on this show, boys. Yeah, top, top notch. If you guys need some, uh, to be fair, your guys at the last lap do a spectacular job. Your YouTube as well, also top notch. Um, yeah, we'll come. We'll, we'll plug you in a second. We'll let you plug everything you want to do. We'll plug every single thing. But this plug weekend, me, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> now you have to plug yourself on this show. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> oh shit. But anyway, um. Dan, you've got Haas this weekend. Give him, give us a quick report card. I was, Haas. It, the, my Haas report for this weekend. It was pretty shit for them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but the car never looked terrible. They just, they just were a bit unlucky. So in FP1, K Mag had his issue with a fuel system, uh, fuel system issue. Uh, then for good measure, had an electrical issue in qualifying. Uh, Nico couldn't really get a clean lap together for qualifying. Uh, sprint race was a bit mixed. Came back, climbed a few places, but Nico struggled with tire life. Interestingly, after Nico said uh, that the sprint race was basically their long run practice, which I think is something we theorised might happen. Mm. Def- definitely. Um, sorry, I just. <laughs> Are you just thinking about? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and El Thomas thinking about it. Compose yourself, Daniel. Basically, Nico elected to change the car set up overnight, so he had a pit lane start. Uh, gambled on a late safety car strategy, which never came. Uh, pretty much finished seventeenth in the end. Kevin uh, went back to his original form of losing his end plate at the start. Well done. Uh, I think that's more Bottas's fault or whatever. Uh, recovered, finished 13th. And as yeah, like I say, a bit of a crap weekend, really. Uh, but Gunter has hyped them up, saying that he expects them to be strong in Miami. So, fair enough. We shall fair see. Enough. Home race for them. So Yeah, exactly. America needs to be America's team. You know what I'm saying? Grand Pooh Bear said that best. He's like, Haas, I'm going to need you to be America's team because you're not America's team right now. But I, I had Williams for the weekend, and I'll speak on I'll, and I'll let Thomas say a couple words about his boy Alex. But um, I think they had reasonable pace on Friday. There was a lot of teams out of order. Mercedes and Alpine were especially out of order, and Alex doing very well. I'm not, I'm not holding Logan to too much 
this year, first year in the car in a Williams, which is probably a low downforce, probably a pretty tricky car. Alex is doing absolute bits with that thing. Um, Alex is so close to getting to Q3. He felt like signs maybe held him up a little bit, but realistically, he was like, you know what? It was just one of those things. Um, Logan had some issues this weekend. I'll leave that. I'm not going to beat him too down. Um, Albon P7 in the sprint shootout. Uh, and then Sargent destroys his car completely and is unable to take part in the sprint race. He was Ouch. ninth in the shootout, wasn't he, Albon? Because he just, Stroll got him for P8. Ah, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. P9. Like we said, I, I don't even bother remembering the sprint shootout because it's just like... It's oh, I always offense. remember where Alex finishes, mate. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, I, uh, that's why we had you on because I knew I was going to fluff that. But um, Sargent, <laughs> Sargent's car was irreparable for in time for the sprint. Um, Sargent does not take place in it. Albon P9 in the sprint. Um, and in the race, so P9 is the, the first non-point scoring, unlucky. Race, uh, they got P12 and P16. Alex, I think, had a B weekend. Um, probably all right. He could have done a little bit better in qualifying. I think he had it in him. Uh, I think he feels that way too. Sargent struggled. I'm going to give him a D. They had a tough weekend though. Not, yeah, nothing great. But, well, any any thoughts on that, Tom? Or just quick a couple points because I know I know you I know you do follow Alex's weekends quite closely because a he is probably one of the nicest dudes on the grid. That's what I go for. And nice, Andy's nice ninth apparently. Um, <laughs> I yeah I I think it was it was okay. I mean he did comfortably seem to have the advantage over Logan in terms of outright pace. Um, in the quality sessions, he got caught in that train. That's the same train mm. that you know Piastri and. Uh, and, and Norris and Sonoda were stuck in during the race. So, yeah, I don't think he could have done too much more. He was a bit, you know, uh, turn, what was it, turn two, when he stuck his nose up the inside of Piastri into a gap that was only going to close. I think, I don't think he, I think he just outbraked himself, right? And he got his front wing end plate um, yeah. taken off for good measure. So that was a little bit scruffy. But yeah, I, I think all in all, he's showcasing that that Williams isn't, you know, is as much in the midfield as, you know, everyone else in that bottom kind of six almost i've not seen enough from from alpine or even mclaren yet to yeah. say confidently that they're clear of williams and alpha tauri right now to be honest no no I, I think we i think we really still don't know about a lot of the pecking order from the midfield because you end up getting those gaggles of cars and you know they're stumbling over each other to get into q2 and then maybe into q3 so whereas the other guys are just clear all the time so fair enough fair enough um Shall we get on to the Miami preview for everybody that's been patiently suffering through all this? Yes. Uh, and as we're on the Miami preview and we are on random fandom, shall we do our draw for Miami random fandom now? Go on. Tomo, you, and Tomo's going to get one as well. Is he? He's going to give us a little, uh, a little, you can record a 60 second clip and fire it over, can't you? I can, I can make that effort for you. Go on, you. 61, but 60 Go on, later. Then I'll you later. Yeah. Plug you, sorry. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Uh, your socials your socials mate right I'm fucking spinning Tomos because you two are fucking disgusting are you you're, you're um, I didn't say it like I just uh, it's fine uh, Tomo do, you got you got Ferrari mate well done oh my oh, god Gatsy, wonderful can't wait for that Ferrari right. in Miami as well uh, American owners Haas Haas? I, I meant to say Blake, not Haas. Haas, yeah. My name's Gene. I need right. to call Gene. Gene, Jean, Gene, you got Alfa Romeo. Good luck with that one. Oh my God. After slating them just now. You know what? As much as, dude, as much as I like Valtteri and Joe, 
they're having like I, they look great in testing. This season looks bad. Not well, impressed. Uh no, I'm spinning Awful it again. Romeo. That is my. I've I got Awful I got Haas, but I did that last time. I'm spinning again. Yeah. Spin that motherfucker. It's gonna land on fucking Haas again, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Fuck off, man. I'm not doing ours. <laughs> right, get out of it. One more. One third time lucky. Here we go. Come on. The suspense is kidding. McLaren. That'll do. We'll take McLaren. Mac Macaroni. Oh. So we've got we've got that. Um let's let's talk about the preview, Dan. What do we got yeah. about this? Because like Miami is is my one of my home races, but I don't remember anything about last year except for the shit chicane. And then yeah. everybody complained that the race had no overtaking and it had at the time one of the highest overtakes just in team <laughs> the, direction yeah. was abysmal. <laughs> which which is common of Monaco. Monaco always recently has had terrible TV direction and you miss all the good stuff. But fuck, what, what do we got? Didn't like, you go to Miami last year, Tomo? I did. I oh, you did. There. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you do that Miami preview then? Yeah. Tell us. Tell <laughs> us. Tell us how your trip was or what you can remember. Yeah. yeah of it. Exactly. Yeah, it was fun. No, I, I went out on the Friday. I was at the Grand Prix for the Saturday. Um, so I got really good shit. Like in qualifying, going through those S's, whatever it's turn four, five, that kind of quite early on, like super quick through there. It reminds me of a bit of Austin, I guess, with those quick S's. Just you've got walls there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got the race. Obviously, didn't massively deliver, but like you say, there was a lot of overtakes. Uh, I remember what Ocon went into the concrete wall, didn't he? And it kind of he had to go to hospital afterwards because it was such a mm. heavy impact, even though it looked quite innocuous. So, uh, there's, I guess, look, first Grand Prix at a, a venue, there's always going to be a few TV issues. But generally speaking, I thought it was, I thought it was alright. I, I know it's a bit messy that little chicane, right? But that's to stop the cars going so quickly that they get airborne and hit the bridge that's above it because there's like a, a road that goes above that section of the track. That's why they have to slow them down. Uh, so, I think you'll find you know, our American listeners would call out an interstate. Yeah, exactly. An overpass. Whatever whatever the fuck place. all of that means. <laughs> Dan, Dan's more American than I am it's now, apparently. Listen, right, I appreciate a good roundabout, all right? <laughs> roundabout. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um... Uh. I, I actually read a really interesting article on Jalopnik the other day from uh, Elizabeth Blackstock talking about, you know, she interviewed a bunch of fans about the experience in Miami, and they're like, they were unimpressed, I think was the general consensus, and I think she writes very well, and it's just like one of those things, it's like, it felt very corporate and more for the sponsors than for the fans, 100%. and I was 100%. like, it's interesting that you say that as well, but because like she, there was a couple people she interviewed, which were newish fans and some older fans and they all kind of tended to agree but that's actually a really interesting article if you have time listeners uh podcast and people live on twitch really good article to read check that one out but yeah i'm do you know who else I doesn't wanna... like miami uh no the customers uh because they are struggling with tickets this year really they are Ooh. aggressively emailing people with like 30 percent discounts to try and shift some tickets you know now, what? If somebody I wants think, to pay oh, yeah, me a grand yeah. a day, I'll come out. I'll come yeah, out. We'll give go. me a ticket. Get my flight. Give me a decent hotel. I'll um get an image of me in my trunks swimming on a fake marina, mate. Uh, yes. I'll let it all hang out. Viral. Viral. Even um, even on the Saturday, I, I saw a lot of price gouges trying to flog tickets outside. 
Um, yeah, I wonder that, like, if this is because of Vegas has now appeared on the calendar and everyone's realised, oh, if I'm going to spend that much money, I might as well just spend the extra $300 and go to Vegas instead. I'm hating now. Yeah. Dude, but like, honestly, I got really good tickets for Austin. Um, I think I ended up paying like three or $400 for three days. I mean, I got a really, really excellent deal on it. Fine. But I mean, looking at some of the, the how much people are spending in Miami to go to this race, why? I mean, and I've got I've got a whole nother video I'm working on about the, the tracks, like the, the fan experience at a track. And I, I've got some thoughts about it and I won't go into it too much, but I, I, I don't feel like the value is there unless you unless you, you love it. But like, why would you value and Formula One are two words that just no, do not go exactly. together right now? But I mean, but I mean, I'm at the point where I do not like, I do not want to go to a race. I would much rather enjoy it from my my seat here yeah. on the computer. I've got more information. I've got my yeah. data that's coming through. I can I can hear the commentary. I can live stream and talk with all my friends about what's going on. Why would I be at a race where I'm sweltering hot, spending twenty dollars for a hot? I go want to buy a hat. It's a hundred dollars. I completely agree. Hat. You know, it's, I, it's I like, couldn't agree more. Like, I, my, my ideal weekend right now is to go Friday, Saturday, and then watch it at home or do yeah, last exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, get get the vibes. Yeah. Get a couple beers in on Friday. Yeah, uh, you're gonna spend out the ear for a beer, but so be it. But uh, oh, we're gone around in circles talking about Miami, and I don't think we really want to talk about Miami too much. But like, what what is going on? Where is the circuit? What is this place about, Dan? Like, I'm so it, the me my the Miami circuit is set in the Hard Rock Stadium complex in Miami Gardens, home to the NFL's Miami Dolphins. Now, I don't know a fucking clue or a thing about NFL, but I know 30% of our listeners are American. So, hooray, go Miami Dolphins or something. I don't know. Um, Dan, what you just described to me sounds very much like they've built a Formula One track in a parking lot around how very dare you that is completely not what they've done it's meant to be give the permanent facility vibe apparently according to the official press release that i didn't regurgitate 30 (laughs) seconds ago um (sighs) yeah it is i'll be honest it did feel like a it felt more like a permanent track because it's not roads because it is still cordoned off like you're not using I don't think there are any actual roads. It is like the, the space around the car parking area around. It did feel, yeah, I, I would say it felt like a permanent track more so. Because well, they put barriers up. <laughs> we'll take it from Tomo because he's actually it. fucking been there and like us yeah, two frauds. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's like a lot of, like in certain parts of the track, there's quite a lot of runoff as well, which, you know, it, it didn't feel, it, it didn't feel like constrained by its surroundings like Monaco and Azerbaijan, for example, yeah, do. I guess that's fair enough. I mean. Fair enough. Um, it's a 5.41 kilometer lap with 19 corners, three straights, three DRS zones, and top speeds of over 340 kilometers an hour. What's that in real money? Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't translate it. Sucks. Uh, free, I think 300 is like 200 odd miles an hour or something. I don't know. What, fucking... what the f- is a kilometer? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Logan. Logan, I need you to calm down. What gear is that? I need that in imperial units it's a fucking gear man it's three um <laughs> last year we saw the surface breaking up we saw aston got pinged for fuel temp was it in a pit lane start yeah so about? Pre, I don't remember that. pre-race their fuel was too cool ah that's a very interesting story and they're, they're, that doesn't sound very interesting <laughs> 
No, it's not. It's not. So here's, here's how that works. Here's how that works. Um, you are oh allowed. <laughs> you never allowed oh back on. Oh my god. No, Thomas. Uh, Thomas in. I'm I out. I could get away with it. All right. I could yeah. Exactly. So um, they He's basically try to. Later, they try. I'm gonna. Tomo, be quiet. He's trying to sound so smart. All right. Let him have his moment. <laughs> oh Jesus. So, long story short, um, the fuel cells have a limited capacity, and when you chill the fuel, you can get more in quite a lot. So it could be, you know. 10 degrees could be a couple liters of fuel. Um, they make the fuel cells as small as they can. Um, so teams will cool down. I think previously you could cool to 10 degrees below the ambient temperature two hours before the race. Well, Aston didn't do that. They went way too cold, which is bad for Boaton. So they got pinged for that. And that's something that I used to do in my old life was like, right, go find the temperature two hours before the race from the FI screen. They put it on the timing screens at the circuit. Temperature two hours before the race is this. So then I would go to the fuel man and be like, right, whack the chiller down to this. And that's that. But it sounds like they had a little issue there. And uh, was that, I don't think that was particularly uh, dubious. It's just a mistake. It was a fuck up. Um, Leclerc pole. Yes. Charles got three circuit merchant. Yeah. Charles got pole here last year. And as is traditional with all Charles poles, Max won. Um, <laughs> Charles finished second with signs third. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. that's Miami. I think I'm going to say Checo Paul. You think he's going to continue with this this street circuit right. strength? Right. Why not? Let's do Why it. Let's not? do it. All right, Tomo, give me your top five and calling. We're going to Miami predictions now. By the way, Tomo's leading. Mm. Perez, Verstappen, Hamilton, Rod, Russell, You're not Hamilton. Play. Okay, Ferrari taking a dump, Dan. Uh, I'm going to try to be more serious this time. Um, I've got who have I got? I've got McLaren, haven't I? No, I can't put fucking Piastri on pole. That's <laughs> no not realistic. Fucking way, bro. Orlando. Uh, I'm going to put yeah, and I'm going to put Charles the Saturday Merchant on pole. Then Perez in second. Uh, I reckon Max will have a stinker for some reason. Um, mm. So we'll put him third. Uh, Alonso fourth, because I just can't seem to get Alonso's name out of my mouth. No. Nope. Um, and then, who do I want in fifth? We'll put Howard in fifth. Well, actually, mm, yeah, come on, we'll put Howard in fifth. Ugh. I'm going Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Hamilton signs. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's a good one. Um, right, podium, top three. Come on, hit me. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a wearer on the on the car. I'm going to go... Hulkenberg. Russell Wick, <laughs> um ahead of Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. Okay. Nice. Dan, your podium. Uh, I reckon the street circuit merchant Perez again, yep. just to spice up the championship. Um, actually, I'm just going to copy and paste this fucking this week's fucking podium. Uh, Perez, Verstappen, <laughs> Charles. There you go. I'm, I'm swapping it around. I'm going Verstappen. Uh, and you did Perverlek. I did Verperlek. 
Verstappen Perez Leclerc this weekend. I think Max. The fucking Red Bull bias is uh, disgusting. Oh my god! It's, I mean, look. If you go back and look at the fucking race trace, if you pick anybody other than a Red Bull to win the race, you're an absolute fucking goofball, Tomo. <laughs> but you know what? Bring me the chaos. Repping all my goofballs out there. Bring me the chaos this weekend. I would love to see that. Honestly, I think, I, like, if if your if your prediction were to come true, we would have a substantially more interesting race than either of Dan or Mai's races come true. So, look, look, I'm not I'm not knocking. It, I'm saying, inject it. So, I think I think that's all we got, don't we? Anything else for today? We've been going. We've recorded for an hour and forty. Uh, yeah, this is I was our longest, say. most bullshit podcast ever. But it's been nice to have a have a chat again, Tomo. It's like we're in the studio again. Yeah, this this was inevitably going to happen. Bringing me on, boys. Um, yeah, no, the waffle was going to take over, isn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. It, it works well. So before before we let everybody go, where can everybody find you? Because I know you've got you've got an awesome YouTube channel. You've got the last lap with his silver podcast. play button in the background there. Exactly. Look at, look at this. This is this is YouTube royalty right here. When's the gold mm. one coming? Mm. What's the mini, gold mini, one? Mini, is mini, it baby. a million? Yeah. Are no you on now? Okay, unfortunately. Um, I could order more of these. Uh, they cost about 140 quid, I think. Yeah. Can we get one for us? And we'll just say tape our name on it. Just stick up. Just yeah. stick on it. Lovely. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, where can, can find me find you? On, on YouTube, uh, Tomo, T-O-M-M-I. Simple. Five letters. Nice CEO. SEO, sorry. Friendly. Yeah. I am a CEO myself. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so I make video every week. I do live streams around the race as well. Also, the last lap um, live watch along that we've had you two beautiful gentlemen on individually. Um, we yeah, need we need to do it. As, yeah, we need to come back as a duo. That'd be rad. Mm, that would be sick. But none, of, you none of the stupid fucking Asian races that are like at 2 a.m. in the morning. Thank you. Let's get something nice and European. Yeah, exactly. That's a, on your. Okay, we'll, we'll work around your calendar, Dan. All right. We'll make yeah, thank you. If you could, please, that'd be very fucking considerate <laughs> of you, right? I got kids, I got a family, right? <laughs> Blake's just got two fucking cats, and all he's got to do is leave a tin of food out for them. That's fine. But if I do that, people call the police, and you know. <laughs> Look, we all make choices in life. At the end of the day, uh, um, but yeah, and also, so, uh, and also uh, Twitter. Pleasure. Yes, at uh, Tuomo F1 because Tuomo Twitter Tomo. Twitter Tomo, only W's are taken over there as well. And uh, here on Twitch as well, Tomo Live or Tom Olive with two M's. Tom um, Olive, yeah. <laughs> Do you have um, an olive emote, by the way? No, I should. Yeah, I used to stream loads on, on Twitch, but I know, maybe now that like, I've got my sim rig set. Yeah, come on, man. I, I, I'm hearing, um, I, I just talked to Matt yesterday, Matt Emmis, and he was like, I racing. I'm like, go on. Uh, our other podcast guest, Joao Jeanette, um, he's like, let's go. Uh, a couple of other people so yeah we'll get it going guys thank you so much um don't forget don't buy that crap tesco meat local butcher that's yeah, the one big All up right. your local butchers big up your nans uh don't put in your mouth or yeah, and yeah you yeah and uh yeah no just fuck off 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.